Let's get started. Hello and welcome to this live English lesson uh, outdoors. I was starting to second guess myself whether doing this outdoors was a good idea. It's supposed to rain today, but from the looks of it, I don't think it'll rain during the live lesson. There's also a lot of flies around me. There's actually a huge swarm of flies right there. I'm not sure why. Normally, where I live in Canada, we don't have a lot of flies outside. We have mosquitoes, we have a lot of other insects, uh, and we have something called a deer fly or a horse fly, but these just look like normal house flies. So if you see little things flying around, um, that's what you're seeing. There's a few flies. Um, there's also a few ants crawling on my legs. So I was starting to think, why do I do these lessons outside? But then I was remember, then I remembered if I stop talking for a sec, You can probably hear the birds. Yeah, there's a nice bird right on top of me. And I feel like because I do live somewhere where it's nice to look at the river, I should share the view with all of you. Let me do an audio check for a minute. I was having a little bit of an audio problem earlier. Oh, I'm listening to the part where I'm not talking now. There we go. It looks like everything's working great. Well, hello and welcome to this live English lesson. If you have a question during this lesson, please use the form that's in the description below to ask the question or the form that Todd and Dave will share in the chat. Please do not use the chat to ask questions. I see people in the chat are asking questions already. Please don't. Please use the form to ask questions and then I will put the answer, sorry, I will put the question on the screen and I will try my best to answer it. I do want to say hi to Maria C and Viewtong TV, Julia Olise, Lolly Lolly is here, Dave and Todd of course are here to moderate the chat. I know Rod the Brazilian English teacher is here as well as Brent from American English with this guy. Uh, Mohammed is here and so many other regulars. Mode Ag as I scroll back. Anna Anna, I see Rocky Tran is here. I see Lynn Joanne. I'm just shouting out some names. I can't, of course, say everybody's names. Um, I don't like to celebrate my own accomplishments, but I do want to say thank you to those of you who have congratulated me on 700,000 subscribers. If you're someone who clicked that red subscribe button way over there, or you clicked the red subscribe button below in the past, uh, thank you for doing that. Um, you have helped my channel grow and you have helped this to become a successful place where I can teach people English and where people can learn some English. So thank you very much for doing that. And thank you for all of the kind words from you uh, in text messages, in emails, uh, and in the comments, and now in the chat. It's very nice of you to do that. So thank you very much. We should get started though, shouldn't we? I'm sure there are questions piling up. It looks like there are questions for sure. So let me get the first question on the screen here. Um, let's see here. Yeah, let's do this one. Uh, I should actually put the questions on the screen, shouldn't I? S.L. Lenka. Hi, S.L. Lenka. Hi, Bob. What's the difference between sleet and gropel? So I don't know the word gropel. It does not look familiar to me. Which one is correct? So we say sleet. Sleet is when rain is kind of freezing a little bit on the way down. So it's not quite freezing rain or snow, but it's not rain. It's just starting to become a little bit frozen. And then which one is correct? I've lain on the beach or I've laid on the beach. Thank you. Well, the one we say the most often is I've laid on the beach. Like, oh, I laid on the beach too long and now I got a sunburn. Um, the word lane sounds a little bit old to my ear. I don't think it's as common anymore. 
but it could be more correct. I haven't looked it up yet. Good question though. Uh, let's see here. From M. Bilal, sir, how to describe foods which have heating or cooling effects on the body? Little correction there. Like egg has a heating effect or cucumber has a cooling effect. Um, I don't know. We don't usually in English talk about that very much, but we will say things like this, like, oh, the spices in this chili are burning my mouth. My mouth is burning hot. Or, um, oh, this ice cream has given me a brain freeze. Sometimes when you eat ice cream too fast, your brain hurts a little bit or your head hurts a little bit. Um, those are the two that I'm familiar with. But, um, yeah, in terms of, you know, Sometimes when I eat a lot of protein, it does make me warm uh, as my body digests it like eggs and cheese and those kinds of things. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Eduardo says, hi, Bob. Good morning. Hope you're doing well. What does it mean hands down and the ab guy? Thanks so much. Well, hands down means like for sure, like he won that race hands down. It means that the person was way in front of the other people or I think that is the best example. He won that race hands down. Um, let's see here. Um, sorry, I was just distracted by the chat for a sec. Uh, Renat is saying, hello, Bob the Canadian. I'm Renat. You commented on one of my YouTube videos two years ago. I decided to quit, got, but got back to learn English now and have about 200 subs. Thank you for your help. Well, that's awesome, Renat. I do remember you and I will look at your channel again. Very cool. Um, so, Hands down means like for sure. Like he won the race hands down. That means that he was far in front of everyone else. The ab guy though, I don't know what that means. But your abs are your stomach muscles. And if you know someone who's really fit, they might have a six pack, which means they have really nice abs. You can see the muscles. And potentially you might call that person the ab guy. No one has ever called me the ab guy. (laughs) Just Just so you know. I've never been called the ab guy in my entire life. Let me get a little drink here. I think the flies are going to stay over there. So that's cool. Uh, next question from Paul. Is it okay to say how many of you are there? If I want to find out how many people have come or is it how many are you better? No, I would say how many of you are there? If I was working at a restaurant and someone called and said, I'd like to reserve a table. I could say a table for how many, or I could say how many of you are there or how many of you will be coming. So definitely uh, how many of you are there would be a question you would hear uh, regularly for sure. Uh, Let's see here. Next question from Ruslan. Hello, the most wonderful teacher, Bob. Thanks, Ruslan. Bob, is there an idiom for the word insider to describe a really trustworthy person in a team or company? Best wishes, sir. Um, Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think of a word to describe a really honest, hardworking person in your company. Um, Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on that one. Let me think. Um, You would probably say the person is rock solid. Like if you were to come to my work and say, what teacher would be the best teacher for me to work with? And I could say, oh, you should work with him. He's a rock solid teacher. He's awesome. He knows everything down pat. There we go. Using the phrase down pat. So um, yeah, sorry, not giving you a good answer, Ruslan, but at least a partial answer. Hey, let me go to no display so you can appreciate the background while I check the audio one more time.
Okay. Uh, as I listened to that, I realized it sounds like I'm talking really quickly today. So I'll try to slow down a bit, but I'm excited. And when I'm excited, I tend to speak very, very quickly. Athanasios has the next question. And the question is this. Hello, teacher Bob. I'm working right now, but I have the word clout. I'll watch the rest later. Thank you. So clout is when you have a lot of power or control in a situation. If someone said, um, you know, Jen's family, her dad and mom should buy another house. Um, you would want to talk to the kids who have the most clout, the kids who have the most influence over her parents making a decision. Um, sorry, I'm trying to explain something vaguely. Sometimes as people get older, you might want to convince them to sell their house and buy something smaller. And then sometimes the kids that have the most clout with their parents are the ones uh, that people want to talk to the parent because they can help them make the decision. Uh, let's see here. Natalia Illusion. What is the difference between the word objective and goal? They're pretty much the same. My objective for these lessons is to give people some answers to strange questions about English. My goals for these lessons are the same. My goals and objectives are the same. And then what is a silo? The example breakdown silos. So, a silo in the noun sense is a tall building on a farm used to store feed. So, you've seen them in my videos before. I have two silos. But the term to break down silos, you can also say that when people talk about things, they stay in their silos. So, they don't go outside of their silos. So, in a workplace, you can have people who don't talk to other people in the workplace and you want to break down the silos so they talk to each other. There's actually a book about that right now. Maybe you're reading that. Um, Lucas says, hello, Bob. I'm Lucas from Brazil. Hi, Lucas. Bob, how can I keep myself motivated to learn languages and study for my exam and to get my scholarship to study astrophysics? Big hug. Well, I think the very thought that you might get a scholarship should be highly motivating. Knowing that you might have money given to you if you can speak more than one language and if you do really well in school uh, should be highly motivating. I hope that's enough motivation. But actually, you know, motivation is something that everyone I think really needs to figure out themselves. It's hard to know what will motivate someone else. But if I knew that if I studied hard, I would get a big scholarship, that would motivate me to study. Kate has the next question. Could you talk about weather in Canada? So, today, it was supposed to rain. There was a 70% chance of rain today. But as you can see behind me, the sun is out now. So, I'm glad I'm sitting in the shade. These flies are glad I'm in the shade as well, apparently. Um, but as you can see, um, you can see I'm in the shade and behind me, you can see the sun on the ground. It is supposed to be 30 degrees Celsius today which is abnormally warm for this time of year. Um, but next week, it's supposed to cool down again. And then in general, in the summer, we have days where it's 25 to 30 degrees Celsius. In the fall and spring, the weather's obviously milder and we have real winter with real snow in the winter season. Uh, let's see here. Akil says, I saw him blabbering. My son has a blabber mouth. Are these correct? They are correct. They mean someone who talks a lot, right? Uh, or just talks about things maybe they shouldn't. Uh, but a blabbermouth, I haven't heard that word for a long time. I think it was popular when I was younger, but I haven't actually heard 
um, students at school use the word blabbermouth very often anymore. I think it's become, uh, I think it's fallen out of use just a little bit. Um, hey, I do want to say hi to all the people in the chat. I do want to, uh, say hi to you. And if you are new here, don't forget there is a red subscribe button here that you can click if you want to subscribe to my channel. I do thank all of the 434 people who are here watching for being here. I think it's cool. Um, that you have some time to actually learn a few things about the English language. So, thanks for popping by. I hope that I get to your question if you asked one. Uh, let's see here. Mahesh, hello, Bob. What's the difference between exacerbate and exaggerate? When you exacerbate something, uh, you make it worse. Let's look at the um, the actual meaning. I have to remember how to spell it even though it was just on my screen exacerbate make a problem a bad situation or negative feeling worse so sometimes two of my children will be fighting and one of my other children will exacerbate the problem by trying to argue as well um so that's when you make something worse and exaggerate is when you talk about something and you um you lie a little bit so if you went the classic example is this if you went fishing and you caught a fish this big And then when you tell your friend that you caught a fish, you say the fish was this big, you would then be exaggerating. Um, There's always this running joke in English that fishermen always lie about the size of the fish or how many they caught. Mohammed, I want to say thanks a lot. You are a great human. Thank you, Mohammed. I'm sure you are an awesome person as well. I just try my best to do what I do. um, And uh, thank you. I I don't know what to say sometimes when people compliment me, but thank you very much for the compliment. Jacqueline, what's the difference between the verbs shop and buy? So, when I go shopping, when I go to shop at a store, it's a general term meaning I'm going to different stores to look at things and maybe to buy some things. So, if I said to Jen, do you want to go shopping later today? She could say, oh, I'd love to go shopping, but I'm busy this afternoon. So, it's a general term to go to different stores to buy things. Buy is the act of giving money for an item, okay? So, when you go to the store, you can buy a banana. I can shop for bananas. That means I might go to one or two stores to see what the price is and then I'll buy the bananas at the store where they are cheaper or where they look better. Which reminds me, I have not thanked all of the banana producing countries in the world lately. Uh, as many of you know, I eat a banana every day. I love bananas. So, if you live in a country that grows bananas and you export those bananas to Canada, thank you. I've probably eaten a banana from your country and it was probably delicious. Okay, let's get back there. Let's get back to the questions. Um, I think I have the wrong screen up here. Here we go. Zulma. Hi, teacher Bob. Could you please tell me if these sentences are correct? My dog trembles when it hears fireworks or two, the soldier stiffens next to the door. Thanks. Yes. Um, the first one, definitely like Oscar sometimes trembles. He gets scared when we light off fireworks. Um, I would probably say my dog trembles when you might say he or she, we do use gender pronouns for animals. So, I if you know your dog is male, you would say, my dog trembles when he hears fireworks. You can say it as well, but in North America in particular, we generally refer to our pets by their gender pronoun. 
Number two, the soldier stiffens next to the door. You might say he froze next to the door, but stiffen, yeah. Like if you mean he hears something and he just kind of goes like that, I would say stiffens. Yep. Both of those work. Next question from Lise. Hi, Bob. Could you please explain this? To get the wrong end of the stick. Thank you in advance. Have a nice day. You can get the short stick. You can get the wrong end of the stick. You can get the short straw. There's a number of phrases in English that mean that you got the worst deal. Okay. So let's say my mom decided to bake some cookies and give them to all of her children. So let's say she bakes 20 cookies and when she's giving them to everybody, she gives more to my brothers and sisters than me. So they all get four or five cookies and I end up with one. You would say that I got the short end of the stick or the wrong end of the stick. So it's whenever you get the, a bad deal for sure. I'm just looking it up for a sec if you're wondering what I'm doing. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm just looking because I say the short end of the stick. Um, and I think other people say wrong end of the stick. It's kind of regional sometimes. Um, those phrases, they change a little bit. So it might be different in one part of North America as compared to another. Um, next question from Judith. Can you pronounce pour over and pour over? Can these be interchangeable? No, they can't be interchangeable. So, a, um, If I take this, your first one to pour over, P-O-U-R. If I take this water and I do this, I would pour it over my hand. So that's the first use of pour. Your second use of pour, P-O-R-E. In our skin, we have pores. And so we have small uh, pores in our skin. When you sweat, that's where your sweat comes out of. Um, But I have to check this for a sec. When you pour over something... Yeah, so your second phrase is when you look at a book or you look at the instructions of something and you're concentrating on it really hard, you're going to pour over. Um, I have to look that up though because, yeah, I think we often use the wrong spelling for pour over in English. I think we sometimes uh, use the first one when we should use the second one. So it's a good question because even English speakers probably spell it wrong sometimes. Um, okay, so I don't know the answer to this. William says, when we say to a woman, she is a funky cold Medina, what's the meaning and how does it sound? Is it rude or not? Well, it's probably rude because it's the lyrics from a song from a long time ago. Um, and it's referring to things that I don't want to explain on this, uh, in this lesson. So you should look it up. It's definitely would be rude to say, and it would also, um, reveal that you're listening to really old music, I think. Um, Yeah, you shouldn't uh, learn expressions from TV without looking them up and knowing exactly what they mean before they use them, before you use them. Let me get another drink here. Sir Hat has this question. Hi, teacher. I will study English for the academy. I am at A2 English level. How many hours a day do you think would be enough? I have a year. So the minimum you should study is 30 minutes a day, five days a week. If you are planning to increase your English a lot, you need to step it up to an hour to an hour and a half a day 
five or six days a week. Within that hour, an hour and a half a day, you need to be reading, writing, listening, speaking. You will probably make the most progress if you hire a speaking partner that you can meet on uh, Skype or Zoom or FaceTime. Um, yeah, if you have a year, I would I would shoot for an hour and a half a day if you really want to focus. Minimum 30 minutes a day, five days a week. Um, but if you can do two hours a day, six days a week, that would be very, very helpful. I'm not sure how much time you have available to you. Um, let's see here. So I see a lot of people asking questions in the chat. Please be aware that I don't answer questions from the chat, okay? Please use the chat to have English conversations with each other. And if you have a question, please use the form to ask it. I just see a lot of questions there and I don't have the ability to answer questions from the chat. There's just too many and it becomes a little too distracting and too difficult. Uh, Daniel says, hi, Bob. Is the same thing to say in which course is she and which course is she in? Yeah, we would probably say which course is she in? Or which course is she taking? Um, But if you say in which course is she, that's correct. It just sounds a little, yeah, we, it's totally correct. I just don't think we would say it that way. Uh, And then thanks. Congratulations for 700,000. Well, thank you for the congratulations. That is nice of you. Uh, Let's see here. Rosa. Hi, teacher Bob. Is it okay to say a monk said that acceptance is the key in life or should I say was you would say this a monk said that acceptance is the key to life or in life you can read it either way and I would say it exactly like that acceptance is the key in life or the key to life or a good life depending on what kind of life you want to define next question from Fox asking about words I like Fox's questions they always have a little his uh their name is always slightly different in your lesson there were new words for me eager, trivia, decent. I'm eager to get home. It is trivia about a show. I like to get to bed at a decent time. So, this is about my recent lesson using the verb get 99 times in seven minutes. Um, I hope you liked that lesson. It was a little bit different. It was a lot of fun to make but it's the lesson where it took me the longest to actually say all of the sentences. I had them mostly memorized but it was uh it was challenging for sure. Um yes, so new yes, I'm eager to get home. That means I really want to get home fast. Uh trivia is any kind of show or game where they ask questions and then you have to guess the answer. So if the question was, you know, what's the closest planet to earth as you go towards the sun? And if you were to say Venus, you would be correct. If you said Mars, you would be wrong because that's that's actually the other way. Um, Andre Padron. Hello, Mr. Bob. What's the meaning of have a chip on your shoulder? If you have a chip on your shoulder, it means that there's something from your past that you're still kind of annoyed or angry about. Okay. If you had a brother growing up and your parents gave your brother everything and you never got anything, when you're older, you might have a chip on your shoulder. That means that you're still annoyed that your parents treated your brother better then they treated you. So, not a very nice uh, situation but sometimes kids will grow up having a chip on their shoulder because of something that happened as they were growing up. Mohammed, 
My question is how to get fluency in English language in a short time. So here's the thing, Mohammed. I never promise people that you can get fluent quickly. Uh, some people can get fluent very quickly. For some people, it takes a lot longer. All I can recommend is this. If you commit to studying English five days a week minimum and for 30 minutes to an hour each week, and if you practice reading, writing, listening, and speaking, and if you find a speaking partner, you will make enormous progress. But, you know, the promise of fluency in 30 days or get fluent in three months, uh, I have serious problems with teachers who promise that because I feel like it's they're promising something that's really not possible. Unless you move to a country that speaks English and you take nine or 10 hours of intensive English practice every day, it's very challenging to get fluent in a language quickly. Um, and then tie that into Vedant's uh, question to become a fluent speaker. Read, write, listen, speak every day. Get an English speaking partner. You might have to pay them but that is one of the best ways to get fluent. Uh, let's see here. This question from Natalia. Sir, please, why do we use distress instead of to stress? Thank you. So you mean to distress something? I don't know. Like the only thing I'm familiar with is sometimes if someone builds something out of wood, they will distress the wood. So they'll like make the wood look old. That's the verb to distress. Um, you can also be in distress, which means you need help, which isn't the verb form. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure why, Natalia, because you could say you're stressing the wood as well. Interesting. I'll have to think about that one. Nirana says, hello, teacher Bob. My question is, is there any difference between probably and maybe? Can they always be switched and mean the same thing? Have a good weekend. Most of the time, I'm thirsty right now, so I'll probably have a drink. I'm thirsty right now. Maybe I'll have a drink. Notice how they're used a little bit differently. Um, but they definitely mean, like you could say, my son is going to university. Maybe he'll become a doctor. Probably he'll become a doctor. Um, one is more possible than the other, by the way. If I say he'll probably become a doctor, I think it's more likely. If I say maybe he'll become a doctor, I think we're still wondering about whether it will happen. Amy, hi. Hey, Bob. Good morning. How can I improve my speaking? Is there an easier way to do what? <laughs> so I think learning a language is by its very nature difficult. I think learning to speak the language for me is the most difficult aspect of learning a language. And I think the only way to do it well is to do it a lot and to do it with a lot of different people. So the best way to improve your speaking is to have an English speaking partner. Uh, there's a link below to a website called Preply where you can pay someone to be your English speaking partner. It's a great website. I've used it for French in the past. I loved it. Um, there's also uh, places like uh, apps like Cambly or italki. There's a variety of them now. But speaking with an English teacher or an English coach is one of your best ways uh, to improve your speaking. You can also like read out loud, sing songs out loud, have conversations with yourself. Those are all very helpful, but certainly the best way to do it is to have a an English speaking partner. Mohammed Khan says, 
Hi, dear teacher Bob. How are you? I don't have a question for today. Congratulations to 700,000 followers. I think we'll see the 1 million subscribers. Maybe. We'll see. I, I don't know. You know, the funny part of this journey for me as a teacher is when I teach at a school, I just have the same number of students in my class all the time, between 20 and 30 students. And so when I teach on YouTube, I don't really think about how many of you there are, unless the chat is so full of questions that they're flying by really fast. But uh, thank you. I appreciate the, the congratulations. That is nice of you. Uh, I do want to say hi to the 538 people who are watching. Remember, if you're new here, there is a red subscribe button down there. And for all of you, if you want to support my channel, there is a join button somewhere below that you can click on to find out more about that. Hey, I think I'm going to start members only chat a little earlier today, a couple minutes earlier. Let me turn that on for a sec and let me explain what's happening. If you are, see, I wish I didn't get my second camera working. There are motorcycles going by now. You can kind of hear their music a little bit. Some motorcycles have really loud um, radios on them. Anyways, what was I saying? Members only chat mode. Thank you to those of you who are members. If you become a member by clicking the join button, you can ask questions directly in the chat. You get your name in green. You get a little crown by your name and other things. Uh, let's see here. Rod says that he agrees with Maria C. Cool. That means they're having a conversation. Lolly Lolly says thank you to Judith. And I want to say um, both to Lolly Lolly and Judith. As people congratulate me on 700,000 subscribers, I feel like the two of you, Judith and Lolly Lolly, have been around a long time. So thank you for being longtime followers. I know many more of you have as well, uh, but those two, I have answered comments from both of them many times and have seen uh, them in the chat as well. Cool. Uh, Brent's asking Dave the Canadian, is it true that the more you spam the chat, the more quickly your question gets answered? <laughs> We only had that once where someone didn't believe that the form was working. So we dug their question out. Let's see. Sita says, Mr. Bob, congrats. 700,000 is a great number. It is cool. It's kind of neat to see that number go up. I'm a little bit surprised sometimes with how many people there are in the world. I think it's hard to imagine how many people there are in the world um, and that even though I have 700,000 subscribers, it's like this tiny fraction of the population of the world. Mirage says, I lost my way home or back home. You would probably say I got lost on the way home or I got lost on my way back home. Okay. So those are the two ways I would say it. Oh, I got lost on my way home. I got lost on the way home or I got lost while going home. Yes. I'm giving too many examples now. Uh, let's see here. Mode eggs. Yes, thank you. This slows the chat for a bit. It was too fast even for me to watch it flying. Yes. Maria C says, we were saying that Dave and Todd should appear on a live stream with you. We would love to know them. Well, they're like, they're like secrets. They're, no one knows who they are. No one has ever seen them. Will they appear on a live stream someday? I don't know. That's up to them. Definitely COVID would have to be over, but um, that's uh, definitely up to them whether they ever wanted to do that or not. Maybe they're just robots. There was a theory a year ago that Dave and Todd were just bots that I built. They're not, by the way. They're real people. 
Uh, let's see here. Brent says to Dave, good to know. I didn't realize my comment will go to members only. Uh, great. Oops. Yeah, no problem, Brent. Um, that's the best idea I've heard. Yes. Let me get a question on the screen so that I can answer this while I wait for questions from members. Yasin says, hi, Bob. I hope you're doing well. I have two questions. What does, oh, let me fix this. It's to have a beef with someone. Okay. And is it possible to call YouTube the tube and Instagram the gram? So we don't call YouTube the tube, but people do sometimes call Instagram the gram. I have heard that used. I have not heard the tube to refer to YouTube. Um, but your phrase to have a beef with someone means that you are disagreeing with them. Uh, you are not getting along with them. So you could say this. I once had um, two of my uncles had a beef with each other. Um, my one uncle was angry at my other uncle for another reason, for some reason. And so my one uncle didn't come to family events for a while because him and my other uncle had a beef with each other. So they basically just had a disagreement, a long, a long disagreement. I never really figured out what it was. Uh, let's see. Johan from Quebec. Hi, Bob. Is there another word to say for someone who is easily influenced? In French, it's influençable. I hope I said that right. Influençable. The en sound is hard for me to make. Um, someone is easily influenced. Um, yeah, there is a word for it and I'm having trouble remembering it. To be easily influenced... Um, to be susceptible, um, uh, to be, oh, I have to look this up. Word that means, maybe Brent or Todd or Dave can shout it out in the chat. Means easily influenced. Impressionable. There we go. I should have known that. If someone is impressionable, they're easily influenced. There we go. Let me back up to the members. Uh, let's see here. The landscape. Wait, let me back up. Oh, Muhammad, the landscape is really good for the live stream. I'll wait for the second camera view. Yeah, I hope I can get it working. What would happen is my main camera would stop when I turn the other camera on, and then my main camera wouldn't come back on again. Um, Modaig says the mysterious moderators are cooler. There is something cool about not knowing what they look like. Julia says hello, dear teacher. The view behind is picture perfect. And let me put that up. Um, and you look elegant. Well, thank you. My question is about the phrase, I've got half a mind to. That means that you're thinking of doing something, but you're not totally planning on doing it yet. Okay. So let's say I'm angry with my sister. I could say, I have half a mind to call her and say that she did something wrong. All of my examples are about family conflict today. My, everything's good in my family. Um, it means you're not sure you're going to do it yet, but you're kind of thinking of doing it when you have half a mind to do something. Moto Explorer says, hi, teacher Bob. Nice weather, isn't it? I sold a bike yesterday to a guy who doesn't, de doesn't decide if he buys it or not for one week. How could I describe him? You would say he's taking an extended test drive. <laughs> or as a customer, you could say he's, he's being a little wishy-washy. He's not sure if he wants it or not. Uh, Anna says, hi from Japan. Hi, Anna. Good to see you. Maria says, I don't think they are robots, but they are a mystery for sure. Yes, it's definitely a mystery. Rod says, just robots, Dave and Todd. <laughs> we'll see how Dave and Todd respond to that. Uh, Maria says, oh, she's smiling to Brent. Naomi says, hi, Anna. Let me scroll down here. Anuat. Hi, Anuat. 
Hi Teacher Bob, how are you? Many YouTubers in Thailand got hacked and lose their channels. How do you protect your channel from hackers? Thanks. Well, I can't explain how I do that here. That would be a little bit crazy. Uh, but I have engaged all of the security that you should engage when running something like this. Uh, Anna says, hi Naomi. Mode Egg says, yes, the nasal vowel sound in French is challenging. It is very much. Sita, Mr. Bob, could you please give me some examples using happy-go-lucky? So if you know any children, um, maybe nieces, nephews, or your own kids who are happy all the time, who are happy almost in any circumstances, you would say they're happy-go-lucky. You know, oh, like my my uncle is a really happy-go-lucky guy. He's just always in a good mood and always happy. Um, gullible is kind of close. I would, I think gullible is probably a better word. Someone who's easily influenced, uh, I would say gullible is probably a better word. Uh, thanks, Brent, for that. Definitely. Um, because impressionable can be used to talk about, you know, as kids grow up, they're very impressionable. And so it's not, there's no negative connotation to that. You know, as a parent, you want to impress on your kids, your values and what you believe. Um, and so they are impressionable, but gullible means easily fall for scams and tricks. Thanks, Brent. Um, let's see. Sevji says, hello, Mr. Bob. Hello. Julia says, thank you, dear teacher. I got it. Modeg says, I think it's a good idea if Mr. Bob had like a news ticker displaying the piece of advice that goes like, you should do reading, listening, writing, speaking, and learn new vocab. Yeah, I should do that. I should just have, um, when, it, when the question comes up, just have that scroll across the screen. Um, the problem is, I think that that sounds boring. I think it sounds like a lot of hard work. And I think a lot of people who are learning English or learning other languages naturally would love for it to go a lot faster. And I, in my experience as a teacher and as someone who's learned a language, have not discovered any other way to make language learning faster or easier. I think it is just hard work. And that's what I'm going to keep telling people. The, uh, the honest truth, in my opinion. Uh, but instead of calling it breaking news, the heading should be broken record. So a broken record is someone who says the same thing over and over again. If a child keeps asking for candy at a store, you would say they sound like a broken record. Mohammed says, do you read books, Teacher Bob? Wondered your book that you read last time. So I'm still reading the book called Oathbringer, which is um, from the Way of Kings series. I've actually slowed down on my reading because I, I've been really busy the last few weeks and haven't had time. Sita says, thanks, Mr. Bob. Uh, Maria says, is gullible someone that believes everything people tell them? Yes, or most of what people tell them. Um, someone who is gullible, if you tell them something that isn't true, they will most likely believe you. Yes, I'm, I don't think I'm gullible. I think I was gullible at a certain age. Rod says, you're a happy-go-lucky person, dear Sita, for sure. Good description. Maria says, like credulous. Yeah. And Moto Explorer says, what kind of animals are the most common to see there here in the north? I can see moose, bears, wolves while I'm driving. Is it the same in the south? So, no. Uh, the most common wild animal you'll see here is probably a skunk. You might see a skunk. You might see a deer. Um, you don't see bears around here very often. A fox. You might see a fox every once in a while. 
Um, we have wild dogs. I know that doesn't quite count, um, but definitely, uh, and then possums and raccoons. Those are probably the most common in this area. Um, although in terms of birds, we did see a bald eagle the other day. So I was surprised. We tried to get a photo of it because if you get a photo of a bald eagle, you can let them know and they're kind of on a map tracking them because it's an endangered species here in Canada. Well, I think it is. I haven't actually researched that. Let's see. Dan Brown uses it a lot. Yeah, Dan Brown is a good author. Cita says, thanks, Rod. Sometimes some things make me mad, but usually I'm most of the time in a good mood. Nice to know. Hey, let me get to um, my control panel here and let me turn off members only chat. As I'm doing that, let me just mention once again that I really appreciate all of my members. Members are people who have clicked that join button below and who support my channel. If you do that, you get an extra video on Wednesday. You get your name in green during the two live streams each week uh, and you get a little crown by your name and you get to participate in members only chat for a little while during each live lesson. Uh, let's see here. Tintin. Hello, Bob. This is the first time I've joined your live stream lesson. Thank you for teaching all of us. I just want to ask you, have you ever been to Vietnam? Little couple little fixes there. No, I have not been to Vietnam. Um, I have a long list of countries that I would like to visit and people would like me to visit. I'm not sure how quickly I'll get through them all. We'll see. Uh, let's see here. Um, just looking at the chat for a sec. Um, Empower English says, pushover is another word for someone who is easily influenced. Yes. And that has more of an aggressive aspect to it. So that would be someone who, if you are pushy, if you are overbearing, you can convince them easily to do things. So it is, it means the same, but just a slightly different connotation, we would say. Um, one sec here. Let me get my next question. Mode says, hi, Mr. Bob. How does your knowledge of English compare to that of a layperson native speaker? You may use a scale of 10 if you wish. I think you get a solid 12.75 out of 10. Thank you. So I have an advantage over a normal layperson in that I have taught English classes in the past. Not only do I teach French, but in the past as a teacher, I did teach English. It's a little different though than teaching English to people learning English. When I taught English, I was teaching English speaking students about grammar, about spelling, about um, understanding novels and short stories and teaching them how to write. Um, but that, the fact that I've actually taught grammar many times in the past, I think gives me a bit of an advantage. I would give myself a solid 9.2 out of 10 mode. That would be my, my humble, I don't want to say anything higher. I don't want to get a big head. So here we go. Vulcan says, hey, hi, Bob. Can you give an example of sentences using the following words? All, full, complete, completely, whole, wholly, entire, entirely, through, and thoroughly. Oh my, oh my. Okay, here we go. Let me have a little drink first. Um, mm, I don't want to drink all the water. This was full when I came out. And if I drink a complete bottle of water, I have to go to the bathroom. I just used three of the words there, by the way. Okay, just, I, I started already for those of you that weren't paying attention, thought I was just drinking water. Um, let's see. Um, completely. 
Yeah, after a meal, I'm completely full. Okay, so yesterday we had pizza and I ate way too much and I was completely full uh, because not only did I eat the whole pizza, but I ate a whole other pizza, which was wholly a bad idea in my opinion. Um, you should never eat the entire pizza because when you eat it entirely, you get really, really full and you don't feel very good. Uh, and then you go through a little uh, bit of time where you just feel sick. Okay, so I think that it's good to thoroughly think through what you're going to eat before you eat it. You might have to rewind to listen to that, um, but I did just use all those words and I was speaking a little bit quickly. Um, I see that talk Italian with Arone says, Bob, we missed the glass jar you usually use to drink out of. The problem, Arone, is I need a lid when I'm outside because otherwise bugs try to go in. So they go in through here. They go in through here and then it's thoroughly disgusting. The entire bottle is then a waste. I can't drink it. Uh, because uh, the whole thing is just kind of messed up. It's just wholly disgusting. I was trying to use a bunch of words again, but anyways, let me go to the next question. Thanks, Vulcan, for that question. Um, Masato says, Dear Bob-san, a question from Japan. My American boss is leaving Japan soon for his next post in another country. I want to show my appreciation any good phrase. I would just say... It was very enjoyable working with you. If it was, hopefully it was. You could say, I learned a lot from you. So those are both phrases that show respect and thankfulness. So you could say, um, I wish you all the best at your next post. I'm going to miss working with you. I learned a lot from you as a boss. You were a good boss. Um, I would say things like that, definitely, uh, for sure. Uh, One sec here. Excuse me. I should mute my mic when I do that. Um, Next question from Arena. Hi, Bob. Please explain how to use to break the hold and to come undone. Thank you. Best wishes from Ukraine. So these are phrases you might hear in a song, uh, especially a song about love. So you might say you want to break the hold she has on me or I want to break the hold he has on me. When two people are in love, they kind of have a hold on each other. And you might want to break the hold that someone has on you. So you might want to get far from them. When you come undone, it means you mentally and emotionally just aren't feeling good. You're sad. You're having trouble going to work. You're struggling uh, mentally and emotionally with something very, very serious. Uh, Let's see here. Army Ant says, Hi Bob, concerning your lesson on Earth, the south magnetic pole is located near the north geographic pole of our planet. Yeah, I so I didn't realize the compass points north because the north side of the compass is pointing to the south magnetic pole. I have to research that more, Army Ant. But I think I had limited geological and geographic knowledge when I was doing that lesson. I think most of what I said was correct. But there were a few things I should have researched a little bit more. Let's see. Sergey says, hey, Bob, how are you? My question is, what is severance pay? Saw it in the series and can't get it. Wish you strong health. So in Canada, and I think in the United States as well, when you leave a job early, they sometimes give you severance pay. So here's a good example. You might have someone who's worked somewhere for a very long time. Maybe they've worked somewhere for 25 years. And in their contract, it might say for every year they work, the company owes them 
$100 of severance pay if they fire them. That might be part of the agreement. So after 20 years, when that person re is let go or fired, they get severance pay um, because they have money owed to them because of the agreement. I think that's the best explanation I can make. Let's look that one up. Let's get a formal definition of that because there's several ways to get severance pay. Um, an amount paid to an employee upon dismissal or discharge from employment. So I think sometimes professional athletes have this where they're, they get paid $1 million a year. And then if the, um, if the team lets them go before the end of their contract, they get severance pay. Okay. They get an extra amount of money because they're being let go early. Lando says, morning, Bob. My name is Lan from, and from Vietnam. Hi, Lan. I want to turn my passive vocab into active ones because sometimes my mind goes foggy and I am, are you inarticulate? Because if you're articulate, you're not having a problem. Maybe you go foggy and you're inarticulate. Um, this is a tricky one. And again, the best advice I can give is if you're having trouble in conversations, find someone you trust and like that you don't mind making mistakes in front of and talk to that person as much as you can in English. This is one of the reasons I do recommend that people hire an English tutor online because an English tutor, it's a lot easier to make mistakes in front of an English tutor than it is when you go out with your English friends or an English speaking colleague. So um, practice with someone where you don't feel scared to make mistakes, okay? Uh, let's see here. Larissa says, when, little fix here, when do we use insurance? We need to change the A, the E to an A and insuring. So I have insurance on my van. The company that I give money to is insuring my van, okay? I'm going to go to them to get insurance because I want them to insure my van. So that's the difference between uh, the noun and the verb form. Uh, let's see here. Abdul. I want to learn English through listening. Is it possible? So listening is highly important and it's the one thing you can do a lot of. The problem is sometimes people do so much listening, they forget to work on their writing, their reading, and their speaking. I do highly recommend that you listen to as much English as you possibly can. You'll hear me. I do sound like a broken record. Say you need to read, write, listen, and speak. Learn some new vocab. Study a little bit of grammar. But you can totally max out on listening. You could listen to English four or five hours a day or more because you can do it while you're cooking, while you're driving. You can do it when you're doing other things. But don't forget to still reserve some time for reading, writing, and speaking. It's very, very important. Super important. Um, oh, clicking the wrong buttons here. Margo. Hi, Bob. How often do you use to hark back to? Are there synonyms to it? Thank you. So I don't use the phrase to hark back to very often. It's a, it's an older phrase. Um, it's like when you talk about something from the past, I think we probably say in those days, like, oh, when I was younger, people didn't wear helmets when they rode bicycles because in those days it didn't matter. Instead of saying, you know, when you hark back to earlier, younger, earlier days, 
Yeah, it's, it's even awkward for me to try and use it. So when we talk about the past, we say years ago, or we say in those days, or back then, people didn't wear bicycle helmets. I, I think that came from yesterday's lesson. By the way, I did a lesson yesterday on danger. If you are interested in learning about things that are dangerous, um, I think I did a lesson on danger, but I think I was smiling and in a good mood sometimes. I don't like danger. Don't, don't get that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, let me get to the next question though. Um, Sagar says, hi, teacher Bob, what to say a time duration of 25 years, like decade for 10 years. We don't. So we say 10 years from now, uh, 20 years from now in 25 years, 25 years from now, or we say 25 years ago or 10 years ago. We don't even use the word decade that often. You know, I don't say, you know, I might retire in a decade. It's rare for us to say that it's totally correct. Okay. So I might retire in a decade. Mm, it just sounds a little bit odd. Totally correct, but sounds a bit odd. So we often say 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 20 years from now, in 10 years, in 20 years, when you're looking forward. Let's see here. Pedro says, a pleasure to greet you. I love your job. How can I distinguish the pronunciation, for example, dog with that of doc? Yeah, they do sound close, don't they? Um, it's like can and can't, dog and doc. So doc is a short form for doctor or document. Um, so I could say Oscar is a dog and sometimes we take him to the dog doc. We call that a vet. We don't actually say dog doc. So don't, don't say that to anyone. Um, and I guess with dog and doc, I would just say use doctor and use document. Just don't use doc. But I guess you're probably talking about when you hear it, right? Sometimes it's just the context of, of the conversation you're in. Rodrigo. Hi, Rodrigo. Hi, Bob. Could you explain a little bit about notice, realize, discover, and figure out? Thank you so much. Well, I'll use each in a sentence. They're all very close to each other. You might notice that the sun isn't out anymore, okay? I just noticed there's dark clouds over there. So I did say there wasn't going to be any rain during this live stream, but I just noticed the sun is gone and I noticed there's dark clouds. It made me realize that maybe I shouldn't have said the weather was going to be nice for the whole live stream. By the way, I still think it's going to be nice. Um, when you discover something or when you figure something out, it's very similar. You know, you could say my van wasn't working, my car wasn't working, and I discovered that it was out of gas or I figured out it was just out of gas. So very similar. That happened to me once, by the way. I had a car that wasn't working and then I eventually just, I figured out it was just out of gas. Uh, Lissandra says, hi, Bob. What do I do most to sound like a native speaker? Well, first of all, your goal isn't to sound like a native speaker. Your goal is to be understood and to speak as clearly as you possibly can using the right pronunciation in the sense that you are able to. Okay. Everyone who learns a language is going to have an accent. If you learn a language as a young child, you can avoid this. But when you learn a language as an adult, you are going to have an accent. When I speak French, I have an accent. There's really not a lot I can do about it except to practice forming the words correctly and 
and getting feedback from someone who can correct me. But you don't don't feel bad if you have an accent. Everyone who learns English as an adult will have an accent. And I honestly think accents are beautiful. When I hear someone speaking English with a Spanish accent or someone speaking English with a Chinese accent or speaking English with a little bit of a French accent, um, I just like it. It's it's the world we live in. Accents are cool. I want I should make a t-shirt that says that accents are cool. They are. Let's see here. I got to read this one before I put it on the screen. Okay, let me try to read this one. Rakib says, hi, Bob. I got a cut on my hand and it bled. We can't use bleed there. You could say it was bleeding or it bled. Bled only has one E. So while it was bleeding, I had a feeling on my hand. What is? What do I call that feeling? I mean, how to tell someone about it, thanks. Oh, that's an interesting one. I would say if I cut my hand and it was bleeding, I would probably say that it hurt. <laughs> that, that would be how I would describe it. Um, or that I was in pain because I had a cut on my hand. Uh, hopefully that helped. Next question from Ashwini. When I speak English, the time I forget verb and also to write English. So I think the challenge with when you try to write or speak is that you're trying to produce, you're trying to communicate. So when you read or listen, you're just um, passively having English come at you. But when you go to speak or write, you have to start to think more. So again, the best way to get better at it is to just practice. You need to practice a lot. Practice your writing, practice your speaking. Uh, Colleen, can you, could you explain when we can use ad lib? Thanks. When you ad lib th- something, you do it off the top of your head. So um, let's say you go to, yeah, let's say you go to a play. People have memorized the lines, okay? So they've memorized the lines and they are saying them from memory. But when they ad lib, it means they're making up what they're saying on the spot. They're just thinking of things to say. If you go and see improv, which is a form of comedy, they're often ad-libbing. They're making things up uh, on the spot. Ad-lib. So, um, I just want to make sure there's, there isn't other meanings. Spoken word without previous preparation. Yes. And then to speak or perform in public without preparing your words in advance. So, um, there you go. Let me get to the next question. From Christian. Hi, Bob. What is the subject which you teach in school? Do you like your job? So currently I am teaching computers and I am teaching French right now. Last semester I taught business and French. I generally teach French and then one or two additional courses. Uh, I have in the past taught English, but I haven't actually taught English at school uh, for a number of years. It's been a while actually, which is okay because I have to teach Shakespeare one of the plays that they read in English class is a Shakespeare play. And I, it's hard. Shakespeare is hard. It's getting a little windier out here. Hopefully it doesn't get too windy. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Arda, what do you think about learning a language from movies? Do you find watching a movie is beneficial for learning a language? Thanks in advance. So movies are fun and movies are good for learning a language. But I actually think television shows are better. This is my personal opinion. A movie is something that you watch once, 
you kind of learn who the characters are and then it's over. But a TV show, you can watch more than one episode. So if you were to watch a TV show like Friends, there are many, many episodes of Friends and there's many, many years of Friends, uh, many seasons. Um, so if you don't understand one of the speakers on that TV show, you have a lot of opportunity to learn to understand how they talk. With a movie, it's kind of an hour and a half and it's over. So it's not as easy uh, to learn uh, how every person in the movie is speaking. I just like TV series better. Um, also because I think it's easier for me to watch a TV series and then watch it again. It's harder to watch a movie twice, but I think repetition, by the way, repetition is kind of like the key to everything when learning a language, but it's also incredibly boring. So maybe I should start to tell when people want to learn English fast, I should start to say the way to learn English fast is to uh, read everything twice, watch everything twice, write everything twice, have the same conversation twice. I don't know if that exactly works, but I think you get my drift. You get my point. Um, hey folks, I'm going to wrap this up. This is the, the hour is up and I do have a lot of things to do today. I did want to mention a couple of things. I'm pretty sure Brent from American English with this guy is going live in about five or 10 minutes on his channel. So if you are interested in another live stream, Brent, his channel is called American English with this guy, head over there. I think he's starting at 1210. Uh, and Brent, I'm not able to pop in. Just, I'm not sure if you're still here watching. Um, I did get your email just right before I was starting this live stream, but uh, hit me up uh, next week and we'll arrange something uh, for a later date. But anyways, thanks to Todd and Dave for being moderators and keeping the chat uh, all um, on the up and up. Thanks to the over 600 people who watched this live lesson. Remember, it does take a while now, but this will have automatically generated subtitles in a few days. You can come back and watch small sections if you didn't understand what I said, and they're fairly accurate subtitles. Remember that my lesson from yesterday will be out in about 24 hours or a little more with um, uh, subtitles as well as it will be a shorter version, sometimes a little easier for those of you that like to watch something a second time. Uh, and I think I'm going to go. So thanks to everybody who was here uh, saying bye to Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. By the way, Rod, was fun to talk to you on Zoom this past week. Look forward to talking to you again. Uh, bye to Maria C, to Sida, to Brent from American English with this guy. Um, I see Natalia Illusion is here. I know that Judith is here. Wanda is here. Uh, let me scroll back. Mode Eggs by by Sita, by Julia Olis, uh, by everybody. Um, I should make someday. I should make a list and I should read the list of all the people who I uh, want to thank because I usually forget somebody. Uh, thanks, Eduardo, for hanging out. Thanks, Lu uh, sorry, I'm getting names mixed up now. I should just go. Bye, everybody. Have a great day. This was fun. Um, I'll see you Tuesday with another new English lesson. Bye. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.